after these messages will be right back. I can't believe I ate that whole thing. Are you in good hands? And now, a word from our sponsors. Hey everybody, welcome to After These Messages. This is the podcast where we bring you hot takes on commercial breaks. We're going to be talking about TV commercials tonight. Good ones and bad ones. And ones where people say weird shit like this. Oh no! I married myself! My name is Andrew Walsh and I am here with Genevieve Has. Hey, Vives. Hi, Andrew. What is coming up on the show today? Well, I would. I guess I would describe it as um, the less than idealized version of family life. Hmm. Uh, I've got a... Are we Okay. We're okay, but You're I... You're sure? Like, where'd this idea come from? <laughs> well, I saw this new campaign uh, that kind of caught my attention because it was it kind of came after families hard, surprisingly hard. Oh, it's one of the cell phone ones, it's right? A, it's a data, yes, yeah, it's yes. a cell phone data company. And yes. I was kind of uh, surprised by it, and I started thinking about other uh, campaigns and commercials that have um, maybe painted family life as less than perfect or uh-huh. less than... Less than ideal, so we'll look at some of those. Okay, cool. And then also, um, we'll check in with the Ad Council, as always. I see that you put a poll up uh, on the Facebook page, and I, I once again emerge the victor, everybody agreeing with me and saying <laughs> that you're full of baloney. Um, but also, I added something here to the show sheet, Vives. I don't know if you saw. I did. While I went to Facebook to make sure that you weren't cooking the books on those Oh, that there wasn't a, a secret groundswell of people who agreed with I you that want, I just, just left out? Make sure. I just want to make sure. I saw a really interesting... Um, comment a quick simple comment last week on the show we were playing one of the dr rick commercials don't become your parents after you buy a house and bundle whatever um and one of the jokes was dr rick takes a bunch of these people to the movies right and they're acting like their parents in the movie theater and one of the the lessons was you don't have to clap after the movie nobody who made the movie is here in the theater don't clap and i for the most part have always um Kind of thought that was silly as well, and I think I weighed on the, in on that. We have a listener who I thought made a very simple, compelling argument for clapping after a movie ends. We'll Did in- you see that? I saw it. Yeah, I'll be interested to let's, talk about it Yeah, with let's you. chat about it. I'm excited about that. Also, that person's name was Andrew, but it's not me. <laughs> it's not it, you. It's not. It would be sad if you had a sock puppet account that you also named Andrew. Just to weigh in on things like this. Yes. If so, I would have left a comment about how right I was about <laughs> something you would have put on the poll last week. But let's start by uh, taking a look in our house. Our house in the middle of our street. Our house in the middle of our street. Our house. Are we going to start with the commercial that you mentioned that you said goes after families yeah, hard? Yeah, this is the one that really struck me. It really surprised me. I saw this in the wild. This is for a company called Visible Wireless. So it's, you know, just like a, I assume, voice and data plan uh, kind of thing. Um, but this is, they're advertising themselves as selling you the family plan without the family. And the idea of a family plan, I think, for for cell phone plans is is kind of funny anyway at this point because it's like is that like we're not seeing the friends and family plan anymore that's not a huge selling point i think for many companies right like do the did the big four do do a lot of friends and family advertising that you can remember in recent months i don't know but i would assume that it's still again we don't have kids it's just the two of us and we're on some sort of plan that is 
locked together with T-Mobile, and right? We are, and I maybe that benefits us in some way. Yeah. Although I would love if if you didn't need the kind of data that you need, I could just go to Mint Mobile and pay fifteen bucks a month, but. You have to pay so much for all of your fancy stuff that it doesn't make a lot of sense for me to try to decouple. Un, yeah, I, I, my unlimited um, uh, kind of uh, cellular plan and high speed cellular plan. Yeah, you've really got the gold in, plated. Yeah, but it's come in handy and saved me in a, f- a few situations where I'm out on the road and I need to do something. Well, um, I'm, sh- I'm shackled to you because yeah, but it I mean, doesn't make sense for me to go out on my own. And so if we had two kids, I mean, I would imagine that the cell phone companies would say, okay, well, let's add two more plans, yeah, two more right. phone to the plan, and they're not going to be full price. So, okay. yeah, I, I just feel like com- I thing. just feel like marketing wise, I'm not seeing the kind mm-hmm. of like. You know, it used to be there was all this elaborate marketing around the idea that it's like going to be you and your kids, but also maybe like your kid's friend who's over all the time and like always eats the pizza without asking. Remember the friends, remember the family plan where Judy... Greer, yeah, like, I was trying to think of had like a that's the name I was gerbil trying to think of. or something that was like in their family. Yeah, it wasn't a gerbil, but then also, and she had like a kind of a sulky teenage right. boy or something. It was a weird. It was yeah. like the i the the joke or the the pitch was that families can look all kinds of ways, and if you mm-hmm. find if you put together your family of people who you can save money on a cell phone plan anyway, Visible's like the hell with that. Um, and so their pitch is they we open on this couple who look pretty haggard. They're sitting in a what looks like a nice house, but it's very kidified. You know, it's like they're just sort of surrounded by mess and arts and crafts. And they look just there wrung are, out. You don't see them, but there are probably Cheerios on the floor. There are surely Cheerios yeah. on the floor and probably in the, you know, in the underclothing of this poor couple who mm-hmm. are explaining why uh, why they have so many kids and why they're married after talking and texting for years we got married for the family plan and then we really expanded our family for the wireless we see they have like it a million like kids thing to do and then just yesterday my sister told me about visible yeah get unlimited data for as low as 25 dollars a month no family needed family plan savings with so the, the sister lives in this beautiful all shades of of off white uh, ecru. Uh, she's all draped in cashmere, and she's sitting there in her immaculate home. There's a lot of space. A lot of space. It's a wonderful mid century modern like record player. Yeah, it's a beautiful home, set. and and not a not a not a stitch out of place. Mm-hmm. And she just looks so happy and calm, and it really like it's a real fuck you to parents, don't you think? Well, I mean. Yeah, I mean, I think it is kind of interesting. I don't know. It sort of speaks to me a little bit. I don't think I should talk about this. I think I'm just going <laughs> to well, get in trouble. Uh-oh. But, I mean, our society is totally... It, it, this is more about taxes than <laughs> phone plans, but it has always puzzled me why yeah. the people who are creating life situations that are draining the system so much more or are wealthy enough to own property, get breaks for doing that. You know what I mean? And I was talking about this with you, and this doesn't have to do with having kids, but like the fact that we're going to get a break on taxes because we were able to afford a house finally in this market is bananas to me. We should be the people paying the taxes. And so I feel like- Well, it's all about what what does your society want to incentivize? Right, exactly. And then, you know, and of course, there are tax incentives to having kids as well. Um, And you could ask yourself, is that what our society needs most right now? You know, more- I mean, people. 
not that I have anything wrong with kids. I'm just saying that it's just our society for so long has not just um, celebrated, but financially rewarded yeah. people who make decisions that might not actually be for the betterment of society. Well, there's a lot of argument that that a country that falls below replacement birth rate is in trouble uh, economically. True. No, that is true. So, you know, there's a, there are good reasons to want a country as a nation to want to increase our population. Um, obviously, at some level that becomes unsustainable, and there's a mm -hmm. lot of there's a lot of writing and theorizing about can you have a zero growth uh, population and still have like prosperity? And that's, I don't know, mm -hmm. jury's out, jury's out on that, I guess. But um, but this is an interesting one, and it's kind of a rare take that's like whether or not society is better off for having uh, people who have children. Um, it's this is a kind of a hot take, I feel like, on showing having a family as being just like absolute drudgery yeah. and being child free and unmarried. I would note single and child free as mm -hmm. like a real Shangri-La. Yeah. And that's got to be generational, right? I, and, guess I mean, so, I think yeah. I, I feel like I these mean, two women are, I suppose, the same generation. Well, that's a good point. It's not like it's she's talking to her mom or something. Actually, that's a really good point, Veeves. I wonder if they... I mean, obviously everything's intentional, but the fact that they made them sisters as opposed to friends is interesting. Or huh? different generations. Or a different generation, I yeah. suppose. But I mean, I guess if you're this age, you're going to have that kids of that age. But I mean, either way, I mean, it's also over the top. They also said that they started to have kids because they had this family plan. Obviously, it's, it's a joke, but um, I do think this marketing strategy Maybe not within the universe of this commercial, but this marketing strategy does speak to a generational shift and what we think of as the American dream, certainly. Yeah, and and Visible's really doubling down on this. This is their their next one is um the the title of the commercial is No Family, No Drama. Mm -mm. In this one, it is intergenerational. Um the our hero, our visible customer, um, arrives at her parents' home where uh, it's filled with relatives and all kinds of people. And it really paints this ugly picture of mm. like going home to see family. Wireless family plans save you money, but then you have to deal with family. Chloe, still single, dear? So I got visible. Team up with friends and get unlimited data for as low as $25 a month. No family needed. Is the turkey done yet? You got turkey! <laughs> Turkey's done. At this point, the Christmas tree lights on fire. Because and her, the turkey was on fire, which then somebody threw into the Christmas tree, I believe. Yes, and her dad is like sitting asleep in his Barca lounger. Every inch of their house and yard is covered with kids running around, mm -hmm. throwing things, hitting things. I don't know, man. This stuff it's like the It's like me. the opening scene of, of um, uh, Home Alone. You know what really speaks to me in this is that Hey, no kids yet, or whatever the aunt says, or like the aunt type of character says still to this single. young, still single or whatever. And it's like, that's another thing. Like, my entire life, you know, even when I knew at an early age that I had no interest in getting married or necessarily owning a house, I realized that like you and I have been together for <laughs> twenty one years, and we are recording in our house. But like, we bought this at age forty five and yeah. decided to settle down now. You know, like <laughs> yeah, I've been telling everyone actually that I think the reason you and I are like so gangbusters and so gung-ho about house projects because we have just been like we went zero to 60 yeah. like the minute we took possession of this house we started doing projects and people have been kind of amazed at at how quickly we've started changing things about the house and the property and i was telling someone i think that 
a big part of I mean sort of I said this sort of half jokingly but I, I do think there's some truth to it we sort of prolonged our adolescence for so long that we just hit you know we went we almost went from like adolescence <laughs> straight to middle age it mm-hmm. feels like almost overnight you know yeah and and you know this commercial kind of that that one line still single kind of triggers me in the way it's supposed to trigger yes. me because my entire life nobody respected my decisions or privacy or and when no I say one respected re- your procreation and investigation I, and when I say yeah and when I say like respected I, I mean like literally would say you'll change your mind you'll change your mind like into my 20s into my 30s and the fact that other people just always assume you want to take the same um, roots in life that other people have and and literally saying you're wrong about your own feelings about this you're going to change or even I mean I mean even into my 40s, I'm thinking of conversations that I've had with friends who are just like, I don't understand why you wouldn't get married. Like, it's yeah. just like, it's like, well, it's none of your goddamn business, you know? And like, <laughs> These I sort sound of like, like great friends. What's that? These sound like great friends. No, I actually, I, I'm thinking of a, a friend who is a good friend who actually would very much, I think, like to be married, but hasn't found the right person and is, yeah. you know, is later in life himself and I think is maybe somewhat envious of our situation. Like, why would we not take advantage of our situation to get married and, and have kids and do the things that society pushes us to do? And so I sort of feel like, and again, I know I'm coming off as pretty bitter here, but I do think this commercial perfectly ignites these feelings in people yes. like me, and I'm sure even more so in younger generations, especially maybe women, which these commercials are focused on, yes. when people are always sticking their nose, you go to the office, why don't you have kids yet? When are you going to have kids? When are you guys getting married? Blah, blah, None of your damn business, and these women and anybody can make their own decisions on these things. I think, that's so, I think it's so interesting, and you put your finger on it, that they're both women. They're both women of color, um, and they are also um, a women who are probably what that what they're Gen Z, right? They're they're very young adult women. They're probably in their very early twenties, maybe mid twenties, um, and uh, it really does. It's such a different demographic that Visible, I think, is going after, mm-hmm. right? Than like the they're realizing that you know these are these, there's a, an experience that a, a woman like this is having that isn't being spoken to. And mm-hmm. I think they've really uh, kind of come out with a big swing on this yeah. campaign. And I'll bet you, I mean, they know who they're going after. Yeah. And I'll bet you it's working. And I'll bet you it's, they're realizing like, we're not going to take over yeah, the we're not broad gonna be spectrum. T-Mobile. We're not, we, yeah. we can't take over T-Mobile's customer base, AT&T, but there is a section out there that we can super who serve. Who are the renters? Let's go, yeah. Who are the, um, you know, the, the women who, uh, are not partnered up and who are focused on their career and mm-hmm. for who and who maybe live far away from uh from family obligations quite intentionally mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. i think that's really interesting because that is not a population and a demographic that we're accustomed to serving or even thinking about yeah yeah exactly whereas and this is where i should just shut up and move on to the next commercial we also live in a society where like just by the very nature of being a parent you're painted as a hero Yes. You know what I mean? And that's maybe I'll just leave it there. But <laughs> anybody can have kids and it's not a selfless decision to have kids. Yeah, it's a it's a complex decision for mm-hmm. sure. And I we this is not 
this is not us. It's this is not, not me, where you wanted to take the conversation. Not me <laughs> telling anyone that they are um, that the, that being a parent isn't challenging. No, or... it's challenging and it's tough. So is running a business, and it's a choice whether or not you want to do those things. Yeah, I mean, it is a really interesting. I mean, I know we said we we're going to move on, but like, I really am fascinated by this question of whether, sort of writ large, the decision to have children is something that society is it is it is even if you and I don't want to have kids. Even if anyone doesn't want to have kids, is there value to a society saying we want to incentivize this behavior? I understand why mm-hmm. a society wants to incentivize homeownership because already as a home, I mean, I was actually reading this interesting article in the Atlantic today about how obviously it it was relevant to my interests mm-hmm. about how homeownership changes you psychologically. Mm-hmm. And there's all these things that probably won't surprise you, but like people who own ho- their own homes are more likely to do things like be civically engaged and vote and um, do all the kinds of things mm. that we, you know, mm. and contribute to charities. Yeah, in the, you know, it's very local. It makes you- Because you buy into the community. You're invested in your community mm-hmm. and you can't just sort of like throw up your hands and say, it's not my problem. Mm-hmm. And so that is actually something that as That's a society- really interesting. We do have an interest in, in, in doing that. Now, I'm not saying that there aren't renters who do that. You and I are both, as renters, we're involved in local- mm-hmm. Uh, nonprofits and local, uh, locally engaged, of course, but like, just statistically speaking, you're more likely to do that if you're a homeowner. So like, there is, there is societal value to home to to the ownership society, right? Mm-hmm. It'd be great if that didn't That's, have I mean, to I'm be that way. I'm glad you raised that. That's an interesting point because also I always look at the dark side of that, right? I always look at the homeowners who are complaining about homeless sure. people and, because and that they're is NIMBYs. The, that's and the flip side, and they're NIMBYism. like, oh, I have a roof over my head, yes. yet somehow I'm the victim of homelessness because I can't go to the park in the same and, way and I the article, used to or The article something. talks about that too. Um, and, and I've been saying how much homeownership is challenging some of my deeply held values mm-hmm. like in that same way. Like I feel the, the NIMBY impulse plucking at me. Because mm-hmm. you actually went back retroactively and voted for Bruce Harrell, right? <laughs> I think since you bought this house. Yeah. I I, I called up... Uh... I called up the city of Seattle and I was like, I'd really like to change my vote. I yeah. feel I'm real like now I realize it's Bruce. Yeah, no, I mean I will I do I mean you know, check me on this in five years, but I always hoped to be a Yimby. Um in fact our friend Hannah was just at a Yimby conference yesterday, I think. Yeah. Um and uh you know though and ha- talking about investment in your community. Yeah. Nothing will invest you in the future like having a kid. Yeah. Yeah. And but I, but I am really glad you raised that because I'm spouting off here. I'm feeling kind of cranky, I guess. Um, but that, of course, is a good point because you're going to laugh at this, I think. Um, but I was walking to the store or something yesterday or I was walking to meet somebody in Greenwood. Kind of a long walk and kind of a way to get to know our neighborhood stepped over a giant giant big rat once i got past the strip clubs yeah. i then stepped over a giant dead rat um so anyway so we got a pretty so we, we, got we, a- we moved to a pretty cool neighborhood <laughs> i remember i literally i think i said out loud or thought out loud can you think out loud come on city <laughs> work with me here as i was stepping over this giant rat because i don't want to be you know whatever but the way to get to the main drag I was on a sidewalk for a second, but then I had to, the sidewalk just kind of ended because it became like a weird, almost like urban parking lot outside of an apartment building before the sidewalk picked up again. And I actually had a thought to myself. I'm like, I wonder if someday, like, would we be willing to organize and petition the city for a sidewalk here? Yeah. It was just like a quick, quick passing thought. And then I'm like, who are you? And then I'm like, well, I it's my neighborhood. Yeah. I care. And this is exactly what you're pointing out that that article said. That's exactly what I mean. So, yeah, so there's it's a 
there's a lot of complex and interesting thinking about this urbanism, civic planning. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are smarter people than us working on this stuff, wait, and some wait. dumber ones. You think there's and somebody some dumber ones? You think there's somebody clear. smarter than me on this topic? As I've demonstrated <laughs> tonight, I'm sorry, I'm so cranky and probably half cocked today, guys. And also. I mean, I hope this goes without saying I am not anti having kids or saying I, I just think it, you know, again, I don't in, think it does go without saying. Well, I think TBH. In, the, in the context of this conversation, I think there's a lot to be said for people and not even me, but I'm talking about this generation that is being depicted in these commercials, maybe feeling a little bit bitter about the divide between mm-hmm. the way we are treated in society. And again, I think especially young women, if kids are not part of their plan. Yeah. And, and then that opens up a whole other can of worms about, you know, what do we assign? How do we assign value to women yeah. as we watch abortion rights be obliterated from mm-hmm. half the states. Yeah. Uh, it really does make you think. Yeah, exactly. Maybe that's what conservatives want. They want uh, they want all those single mothers to have tax breaks. Oh, that must be it. That must be it. That Shall we move on? We are talking about abortion law now. It seems like this might be a good time to <laughs> move on. What do you think? Well, you know, I, I always say the best parts of this show are the non-commercial parts. <laughs> Hold on. One more thing. I just wanted to... One more thing. I just wanted to bring up one thing. Okay. About the Israeli-Palestinian crisis. <laughs> Let's talk about batteries. <laughs> this is about battery daddies? This is about just batteries. Okay. Just batteries. This is for Duracell Optimum. This is the new... Um, batteries are like... We gotta, we gotta up our game. And battery commercials have lately been like... Now you can optimize for longer life or stronger power which is like just make the batteries as strong as you can make them that's yeah, all anybody fucking right. wants like, yeah that's right they have give me a, don't give me gradations of batteries just put as much as you can <laughs> in the battery right and also uh, all these batteries are coming out the same tube all these batteries are coming out the same tube yeah that's exactly correct this is a, a commercial about a family that's on a road trip and you have dad a very traditional family um uh dad's sitting at the wheel he's pretty cute i guess i'll just say that i don't know if it matters um and he stops at like a quickie mart to fill up and also um get some batteries for his kids irritating toy in the back seat okay, yeah um, and as he's thinking about what batteries to buy, he imagines the worst case scenario of her if the batteries on this toy die. The family road trip. Is this a time for power or optimum power in her favorite toy? If that battery dies, she'll play with her new favorite toy, your sanity. Now she's kicking the seat, she's hitting her sister, throwing your passport out the window. Why'd you even give that to her? So upgrade to Optimum. Duracell Optimum. Hmm. So also kind of irritating with the batteries. It's pretty irritating with the batteries. <laughs> this is a case where I know this is a real Bob Walsh uh, thing to say, but this is a, this is not a this is not something that can be solved with batteries. Yeah. This is something that can be solved with parenting. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yes. I was a I was a real hair puller as a baby. Oh, oh, and, as a baby, not as like a a you weren't doing it. Not when I was this kid. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. You weren't doing it to your brother and sister or whatever. I don't think so. You'd have to. You'd have to double check me with them. I guess. Um, Write in, guys, if I was a hair puller. (laughs) Um, Just to your brother and sister, you're talking to now, who happen to listen to this show. Yes, they do happen to listen. And 
I was the oldest, so my tortures were generally more psychological. <laughs> um, but as a baby baby, I was a hair puller. And like, I was just like a really bad baby, <laughs> but not like the rapper, just like, just like regular bad, bad baby. And I, um, I was a bad bunny. You were a bad bunny. I was a bad baby. Uh, but yeah, my parents uh, loved to tell the story of how I uh, was like screaming and just mm. yanking on my mom's hair in the car and they had to just pull the jeep over on the side of the road one day because you were behind you were probably sitting I was in behind the car her. seat in the back yeah oh just, wow Aah! wow and it, but again you weren't doing it specifically because you weren't getting what you wanted or whatever i'm sure were, i was doing it oh you I were you were getting doing what it I wanted. out of a brattiness not just a confused babiness because I, mean, I mean you kind of said you were a bad baby <laughs> um not the rapper we can stop saying that, right? Everybody knows we're not. Yes. Okay. Um, but I guess it raises the question: Can a baby be bad? Like, at what age can you be? I think I was a bad. I think I, was, I think some babies are unusually bad. <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I mean, some kids or some babies. Parents write in: Can a baby be bad? Because like, at what point? Because if a baby can't be bad, why do we have a rapper named Bad Baby? <laughs> I guess we're not done with that. <laughs> um, <laughs> what I mean is like, if a you... bunny can't. Be bad. <laughs> If you, you have to have, you have to get old and I don't even, I feel like I'm, I'm in Catholic school or something, I'd talk about morality, but I feel like you have to reach an age where you understand the consequences of your actions in order to decide to take a path that is selfish. I think babies are inherently selfish, yeah. but that's not necessarily a negative thing. But that's some just, babies are just, I don't mean bad like... I'm like morally like I was a morally bad baby, although mm -hmm. I guess hard to say. <laughs> but I mean, some babies are like in the same way that some babies are colicky and some babies are not. A baby isn't bad because it's yeah. colicky. It's just annoying. Because right. It's exactly. Because the kid in this commercial, I would say, is misbehaving. Yes. But I don't think a baby can misbehave because okay, a baby a, doesn't know how to behave. I get that. And I'm I'm not disagreeing yeah. with you, but I'm saying some babies are more um are more of a handful sure, absolutely, than yeah. others. And I would say just based on uh, <laughs> reports would suggest uh -huh. that I was a bit of a handful of a baby. Can I just mention one other thing while we're on the topic? I would say that you're a bit of a handful as an adult. Yeah, well, you know, I, that's, <laughs> that's a real argument for genetics. <laughs> I bet you were a super good baby. Um, I had to be... <laughs> There wasn't a lot of choice in my family about well, now, whether or not I now could you're, be. Now we're back to the morality argument. <laughs> oh, you're talking about baby, baby. baby I don't baby. know what I was like as a baby, baby. Probably scared of everything, but uh, yeah, <laughs> as a kid, they they kept us pretty tight in line. All right, so do we see the we see the unpleasant consequences of your spoiled child not having her her toy working in the car. Um, this one is not really sort of the bad side of family life. This is for a a, a product uh, called Car Gurus. Um, but it's just sort of, well, I guess it is. It's, it's, uh, it's about a busy family and it's just like the chaos of being in a family. Mm -hmm. And so the, the premise here, the pitch here is that if you are super busy and you don't have five minutes to like go out and look at a car, car gurus will like hook you up with a new car. Okay. Yeah. So we you got like a, yeah. a salesman in the house of this very busy couple and it, it's kind of like, this has become the mise-en-scene of all the, like all of these commercials of like a house that is nice, but it's a little chaotic in terms of like the messiness mm -hmm. level. 
T-ball on Friday, swim lessons on Saturday, Sunday we have a dance recital. Oh, so car shopping on never. Oh, never works. How about car shopping right here, right now? Yeah, right. Seriously. With car gurus, you can do more from home. Pre-qualify for financing, value your trade-in. Even shop great deals from cars that can be delivered right to your family room. Or maybe to your driveway. We have one. Driveway would be better. Makes sense. Makes sense. We're gonna get out of your hair. Yeah, just <laughs> right. out the way you came in. Their yes. car, the car had just sort of driven into their living room. Directly into the living room. I actually like, um, I kind of like everybody in that commercial. I like the the spokespeople, the salespeople yeah. who come in in the van, a little wimpy guy. He looks familiar. Uh, he, I didn't recognize him, but he could be a that guy. <laughs> that one to me, yeah, it's showing one of the challenges of parenthood yeah. without like going after it. You yes, know what I, I mean? agree. Yeah, it's, not, yeah. it's not saying that it's it's the it's the worst case scenario or, or, an, or a terrible state. It's saying this is the reality. Yeah. It could have, could have kind of gone in our show we did about, um, about schlubs and, and normal life, you know, we did remind a, me, we did a few, a show a few weeks ago about like kind of, um, affirmational marketing where like oh, yeah, people yeah. are celebrated or shown and they're more, they're not shown as being like more beautiful than they would right, be right, or right. like their lives being more idealized than they would be. And, and almost celebrating the shortcuts yeah. and what have you, yes. The shortcuts and the reality of like sometimes you give your kids candy candy riddled yogurt because yeah, exactly. it's just like the thing that's going to keep them quiet for yeah. five minutes. Um, and now we have a tire commercial. I feel like there's a lot of, maybe, I mean, that's a big thing, right? Like maybe that's one of the tougher times to be a parent too, is like just all of the um, car travel that's Cars, involved. Cars, yes. The, the the hassle of you got to drive your kids everywhere. Mm-hmm. They can't drive themselves and God knows they got to go to their t-ball practice. Mm-hmm, the, that was that was actually a big thing in, um, oh, another Atlantic article there. I'm just going to recap the Atlantic for everybody this mm-hmm, week, yeah. I guess. Um, but there's this article about how teenagers are more depressed Um than ever in history, mm. like in the history of measuring uh, this kind of thing, like teenagers are like seriously, even before the pandemic, the pandemic exacerbated it, but oh. even before the pandemic, teenage anxiety and depression has been on the rise. And one of the things that the author posits might be like part of the part of the cause or maybe part of it is that like kids are very, they're, they're overscheduled and they're over kind of, um, catered to in a certain way so that like they're they're kind of constantly being shuttled from thing to thing and it's a little bit of the helicopter parent idea that like they're never just left alone to either just like self-soothe or deal with a problem in their mm. own way and that's why Bean Dad got canceled mm. <laughs> <laughs> that, that, sort of well sort of yeah um, I did a lot of self-soothing as a teenager no just <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember what I was going to say. Okay, so up next we have this discount tire. Oh, I know what I was going to say. This is a stupid question because, of course, I mean, this is the Atlantic and they're talking about research, so they would either address this or it'd be implied that, they, that it's taken care of. But when they talk about studies that show that teenagers are more anxious and depressed in 2022 than ever before in history, do they talk about the impact of measuring it as well because I feel like we're also probably more focused on the mental health of teenagers in 2022 than we ever have been in history. In a way, one of the things they talk about is whether or not this is um, a whether this is a a function of people being more comfortable and confident talking about mental health illness Mm -hmm. which is sort of adjacent to the idea you're talking about that it's like there's less stigma attached to it um, people are more willing to say if they're feeling these mm-hmm. things. And there was some reasoning why that wasn't 
that wasn't totally the issue mm-hmm. because um, and it's an interesting article, but like that was there was some evidence that even if you even if you account for that uh, that change in the culture, the true level like for one thing, like I hate uh, I guess trigger warning here, but like self harming behaviors and things mm-hmm. things that are. Mm-hmm. Uh, go beyond just the comfortableness of talking about something, sure. but that reflect true distress uh-huh. are happening. Mm, yeah, that's interesting. And you said that was before the pandemic, because yeah, it's it's that's it's, shocking. Because I mean, it's really, I mean, it's worse now this has for been sure. A t- terrible. I mean, just. Yeah. And I know everybody's said this since the beginning of the pandemic, and I've said it a million times. But I think about as a man who's continually getting older, as most people are most people are um you really start to see the difference in how we perceive time as we get older you know and i think two years from age 43 to 45 Mm -hmm. like for me i guess those were my pandemic years are so much different than age 14 to 16 i mean that is a lifetime you're seven different people in those two years you totally are it's a it's a huge it's a much greater percentage of your lived experience for one thing and those years i picked are just terrible anyway they're difficult anyway and they are incredibly transformative and they're they are special years they are i Mm -hmm. have to say like they're more special than 42 to 44 yeah certainly um and you have less agency, which yeah. makes it even worse. Yeah, and and maybe you know I shouldn't say fourteen to sixteen are terrible years because, I mean, some kids really excel during those years, and I don't mean to generalize, but I and first of all, I think my timing might be off. I mean, I think it would be more like kind of going into puberty, and so maybe even a little bit younger than that because yeah. you might start coming into your own a little bit, and everybody's going to deal with that stuff differently. Like I say, I had a lot of problems obviously during those times and it was a lack of agency like you said from the adults in my life but then also the social situation that I was facing at school and all that and there's just like there you don't have a there's you don't really have an escape plan other yeah. than getting through it like the only way out is through the only so. way out is through and it's yeah. it, it, for most teenagers even the the luckiest happiest most well adjusted teenagers it's just a hard time like you're mm-hmm. you're your brain chemistry makes it a hard yeah, time. So yeah, yeah absolutely. I I feel for the youth. Sometimes I think we should move on. I'm sorry. Speaking but, of the youth, what me? Well, oh, we're going to transition. I was going to transition. Sorry, but, but no, please. I was thinking, what do you think it would be like? I have this thought sometimes because we talk about the intensity of this period of time, right? Yeah. And it's tough, and it's a lot, but it's also where some of the joys of being a teenager come in. You know, the reason why music not that music isn't important to adults but the way music is so important yeah, your or feelings like are that, so big your feelings are just so big and you also don't have the context for well i will meet somebody else or i will figure this out or whatever it's yeah. just like it, it has to be immediate you don't whenever whenever anybody says i know how you feel i went through this at your age you don't believe them you don't understand because and also the situations are different between generations and frankly if i were to tell some teenager that now they shouldn't believe me because yeah. i do know it intellectually but it's so visceral and yeah, i can't and remember so i can't experience it viscerally the way they the and, way they are and here's where i'm leading with this if we were to wake up tomorrow or either one of us or if one was to wake up tomorrow with the same chemistry, Ugh. the same chemistry that we had at age, I don't know, let's I would just say ask, 15. I would ask to be institutionalized. How do you think it would play out? Like, I would I, need I mean, to be institutionalized. I mean, I think it would be... I can't do my job with that. <laughs> right? I mean, I genuinely cannot function as an adult 
I I would lack the attention yeah. span, the kind of steadiness, the equi- this sort of basic equanimity. Like, yeah, I. I mean, there's a reason teenagers don't have mortgages as a rule. <laughs> as a rule, on the other hand, and don't hand, manage a staff. Yeah. You know, like, like I can't do anything hardly that I do in my life with any grace or consistency or uh, like comfort mm-hmm. with the brain chemistry of a 16 year old. I was a total nut. Having said that, if that were to happen to you. I do have automatic for the people right over there, and you can just <laughs> dial that up. I guess and so. Just feel you, need your to, you need to get some Exile and Guyville going. <laughs> okay. And then I'm going to need to lock myself in my room and be crying a lot. Uh, what was your? Um, yeah, I have a feeling you're going to be angry at me for some reason. I don't even know why. I'm be angry at the world. <laughs> I um, you had a beautiful transition into this next commercial before, and I bowled over it. I, I just set me up again. What do I have to say to give you that transition back? Well, I was just thinking about the youth because this next one for Discount Tire Mm -hmm. is actually about how great family life is, but I only included it because there's there's one instant in this commercial that makes me laugh so much. The premise is that this family has, like, all this extra time to do, like, sort of absurdly... elaborate family activities together Uh, like they're making creme brulee together and um, all kinds of like fancy fancy family activities because they have saved so much time because of discount tire okay but there's one moment tire yeah i know right like i don't know if tires are really taking up that much of people's time but just let's just watch it and i'll i'll have you stop it when we get to this part We're like any normal family. We just get shorter wait times because we buy and book online at DiscountTire.com. So easy. Which gives us more time for things like... Come on, Mom. She's doing cornhole in the backyard. Ready? Now they they throw down... They're they're all in the kitchen. They all drop their... Welders Their welders masks over their face. And then they start doing creme brulee. But there's one kid, one of their kids is sitting closest to the camera and she doesn't have the welder's mask on and as her family's doing this and it's never explained like it's not really mm-hmm. not really played for laughs but she just looks at the camera like oh my god with this <laughs> and it's all thanks to god <laughs> you're right there's something very charming about that kid it's so cute yeah. and and it's not a big it's, it's not it's not over the top it's not a big moment but she just does a quick turn to camera that's like come on and that's so funny because like yeah, that's not the the point of this commercial. No. Isn't like have a straight man rolling their eyes at all of these things. Yeah, but no, the joke reason, the joke is totally that like they have they this love time to their do, life. They yeah. love their life because Discount Tire has made it so easy to do you know extracurriculars. But I just love the performance of that actress, and I thought it was so good. What a cutie! I don't she know if you can, I don't know if you can grab it fast enough, but it I'll might make, it make show a pick. good show pick. Yeah. She just looks like so. She looks so over it. Just for the sake of um, doing this, I'll finish up this commercial. And it's all thanks to Kyle. <laughs> Thank you. Get 30%. So Kyle must be the salesperson at Discount. He's the Discount Tire. Tire, yes. Tireman. Yes. Tireman. Tireman, exactly. Uh, anyway, so that one didn't really fit the theme, but I loved that teenager's face. Yeah, no, I like it. And also, I've been I've been such a bummer this show. Um, I'm glad to have a bit of uh, levity and niceness in the family. This one has been a bit serious. Yeah, sorry. Um, this next one is for Kraft Mac and Cheese, and I love this one. It's a pretty funny joke. It's definitely a reference to an ad that most of us will remember. Anyone anyone of our vintage will remember. Um, it starts with a um, two siblings, a brother and a sister, and I think their mom is sitting at the um, at the dinner table with them. 
And then the dad walks in just in time to see the son scooping a, a spoonful of his sister's mac and cheese off of her plate. What are you doing? She was full, I could tell. Come on, she's not full. What? Where'd you learn this? Uh. Who taught you how to do this stuff? <laughs> you, all right? I learned it by watching you. Parents who skim mac and cheese have kids who skim mac and cheese. <laughs> then as the dad is like horrified at his son skimming the mac and cheese, he then eats the skimmed mac and While cheese. While he's crying over his own <laughs> torment. That is fantastic. Pretty fun, I right? I love it. Yes, yes, yes. They could do, well, you want to be a little bit careful. That was an anti-drug campaign, and that one is so iconic. I guess if you just tried to, like, was <laughs> for a second I was going to say, oh, they should just do a whole bunch of parody anti-drug campaigns. I'm like, I could see how... That could go awry <laughs> very quickly. <laughs> just go with the one. Yeah. Let it be. They could do the, the egg breaking in the frying pan. Uh, oh, your yeah. Your brain on drugs. Your brain on drugs. Yeah. Um, this is your egg on drugs. <laughs> no, wait. This is your egg on brain. Um, so I now have a special category for um, non-idealized home life, mm -hmm. which I'm calling, you get, you've been caught cheating. <laughs> You're calling it, you did, you've been caught cheating. You did, you did, you've been caught cheating. And you did, you've been caught cheating. Um, this first one is for, for, for First Bank. And it's... Um, it's, it's a funny premise. We have a, a guy who walks into his home and the first thing he sees is written in lipstick on the bathroom mirror is, I've left you for Ed, mm. and I, presumably by his wife. And he seems totally unbothered by it. And as he goes through the rest of his the scene, he sees his wife uh, in a wedding dress getting married to presumably Ed uh, in their front lawn. He, their two kids are at their mother's new wedding to this new dude. Um, even the dog kind of runs away to go be with this new new version, new construction of the family. Mm -hmm. But our hero is just totally unbothered by it. <laughs> he goes outside, sees all the wedding stuff being oh, set up. Ed. I'm marrying your wife today. Congratulations. Hi, Daddy. Hi, honey. Hi, Ed Jr. <laughs> oh, hi, dear. You look fantastic. She's in a wedding dress. Now the dog runs off. Well, there's the whole family. <laughs> well, I'm off. When your mortgage is stress-free, everything is. First Bank. <laughs> wow, I was expecting more of a turn, but they're yeah. just saying, hey, it you, all can, happened. You, can handle, you can handle anything when your mortgage is stress-free. That one really reminds me structurally of that one we watched for an insurance company where a guy's family keeps trying to kill him. Yeah, it was reminding me of something, too, and I couldn't put my finger on and it. And he's just yeah. totally blasé about yeah, it, but yeah, yeah. it's because, you know... Um, they're trying to kill him because the insurance benefits are so good. Right, and he's just like, he just rolls with it. Um, and this next one is it's very sort of similar. This is a Volkswagen commercial, which I believe is probably, I'm almost, in fact, I'm quite confident it's um, not an American commercial. You'll hear their accents are British, and it's for, it's it's to advertise something called Sinusis, which I don't think... What? Sinuses? Sinuses. It's like if you oh, oh. if you don't see like the speed limit change or or you know when the speed limit changes or when you see, or where there's a sign of like falling rock or mm -hmm. any signs that are on the highway on the road, this 
and maybe this is like different in Europe or whatever, but the Volkswagens there can on the on the display will tell you will like make a note that like there's a sign that oh, that's that, you, interesting. that you're passing. Sometimes I will look down, you know, we don't have a built in navigation system in our car, but right. we have we one phones. of those screen yeah, but we use our phones that we plug into the yes. car. So we do have that console screen there. And I will say the fact and we are Android people, so it's Google Maps that's getting us everywhere. And the fact that they put the little speed limit in the corner is I love it. Really handy because sometimes you really haven't noticed what the speed limit changed mm-hmm. to, but there yeah. it is. It's if you're if you want to if you want to check, it's on the screen. Yep. Okay. And we do drive a Volkswagen, so, so this it is, integrates. So this is the the commercial for the sign assist. And so what's the scenario here? We have um, a man uh, in his home, his wife telling him that they have to talk, um, mm-hmm. and she's got some bad news about their relationship. Honey, I've invited Pedro over. Pedro, my man! She kisses Pedro. We need to talk about something. Great. Let's talk. What's new, Pedro? Look, Tim. Now, they're sitting on the couch. Pedro has his arm around Tim's wife. And I know where this is going. Can I say it? um, What? Sometimes you need help seeing the signs. It's similar. Yeah. Similar. Okay. Similar. Yeah. You're you're on the right track. Yeah. Um, Pedro's got a very specific look. He's he's pretty handsome. Kind of. Uh, I don't know if he's Latino, but he's kind of like uh, got. He's got a different palette than Tim, mm-hmm. which will be significant in a moment. Okay. And he's got got long hair pulled back in a ponytail. Um. Look, Tim. For the past twelve years, Pedro and I have been having an affair. <laughs> what? I did not see that coming. At all. Now their son comes in. Uh, Pedro Jr., go to your room. <laughs> Don't make that face. Pedro Jr. Take that looks ridiculous shirt exactly off. like Pedro. <laughs> Dressed like Pedro. Uh, sorry, what were you talking about? <laughs> Not all signs are this obvious. Volkswagen sign assist. Volkswagen sign assist. Um, that's a pretty funny joke, although it gives me the bad feeling, too. It gives you the bad Boy, feeling? Boy, the same joke in both of those exactly that there's the, there's the junior yes. who is named and after. And looks exactly yeah, like. And dressed like. The boyfriend. The, 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 the new guy, yeah. yeah. This next one is pretty risque. I'm pretty confident <laughs> that I'm not that getting voice? that I'm not getting trolled here that this isn't some a spec ad. I think this is real. Uh-huh. Um uh, it's for Axe body spray which is why part of why I think it's real because Axe likes to push, you know, would often have like pretty uh sort of sexy mm-hmm. and and sexually kind of um I don't know, uh just explicit ads in their own way. Uh so what we have here is we're in a car. We're 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 seeing a guy in a car stopped at a a light or something, and um, a pretty attractive woman is leaning into the uh the side the passenger side window propositioning him. She is a as we say a sweet cream lady. Hey babe, looking for a good time? He looks nervous and he just drives off. Shoot. She looks sort of flummoxed. Then she turns around, walks back to a man and a child holding an ice cream cone. She takes one of the ice cream cones. And clearly that's her family. Um, but the Axe body spray on the stranger in the car was so so compelling that she was uh, 
moved to proposition him in front of her family. So she was not indeed a prostitute she was not or a, a prostitute. sweet cream lady. She was just a, just, just a mom. Just a mom interested in ice cream. She was an ice cream lady. <laughs> an ice cream lady, but, not a sweet cream lady. But this this fellow was so um so, so attractive because this child was so wait, was he a young kind of a young guy, the driver guy? He doesn't seem wildly no, no, out of right. step no, with, right. with okay. her age. I just think of Axe as being like, you know, oh. for very young men. Who don't know what good cologne smells mm-hmm. like. This is my fa- so this is kind of a funny ad, mm-hmm. a little a little risque, like I said. This is my favorite YouTube comment about it. It got had a lot of comments and a lot of people just being like, Ooh, she's a hoe, mm-hmm. you know, like whatever. <laughs> like, yeah, she's it, that's the joke. That's uh-huh. the joke. Uh-huh. But this is my favorite comment because it's so flummoxed. It's by YouTube commenter Conrad Hamilton. And his take is this. What was her plan with this? She knew her family was behind her. He had a cone for her. (laughs) Would she have just gotten into the car and left her son and husband there? I'm not trying to give my opinion on the kind of person she is. I'm trying to figure out how this makes any sense. Was it a midlife crisis thing? Was she mad at her husband? Was she so incredibly stupid that she decided to start her hooking career with her family 10 seconds away from her? What is it? (laughs) It's like Conrad Hamilton has really, really... I know sometimes I take commercials too seriously and and like get pedantic about them. But I love that Conrad Hamilton, it's like he has no idea that this is a commercial. He thinks it's like a documentary about a lady who decided to become a hooker. You know what one of the most disappointing things about the Internet is? YouTube commenters. No, the fact that when you see somebody has left a very entertaining intentionally entertaining or otherwise oh, is this the comment th- on YouTube, you can click on their profile, but you can't see all their other comments. Like right. on Twitter right now, if you like, if you see that I comment on somebody's tweet, you can be like, oh, what's this guy all about? And you can look at every comment I've ever left on Twitter. When I see these types of comments on YouTube, I want to know, has Conrad been leaving these same kinds of questions and analyses all over commercials on YouTube? Is it... Did Conrad just land on this one and was confused for a moment? But other than that, hasn't really right. Like it's made Poe's much- law, <laughs> yeah, right? Like exactly. if we could see Conrad's other posts, if Conrad is is always playing the sort of like oblivious dummy, mm-hmm. but it like clearly is like a joke that Conrad's doing or a character that Conrad's doing. It would help us to to know because you know what Poe's law is that like in the age of internet culture, without a clear internet indicator of the author's intent. Um, every no matter how extreme a parody, it can be mistaken for mm. for like in, intentional or, or or like literal mm-hmm. uh, intent. So I just which totally, is why people write sarcasm in parentheses. Yeah, sometimes. so I totally butchered the description of Poe's law, but look it up. Um, okay. So yeah, so I don't know, but something about the way this was written is was so earnest. Yeah. Without being over the top funny, that I really think it was real. Mm-hmm. Is you you have one more of these infidelity commercials? Yes, I have one more. This one is from 1999, so it's an oldie, but man, is it a goodie! <laughs> I don't even want to tell you what's going to happen because of the, the. Do you want me to re- describe what re- I'm seeing? Yes, but the reveal is so good. I will just set this up for you. Okay. We have um, it's a Hyundai commercial. A middle aged woman, attractive but not super foxy driving and she is sitting next to a young guy who is 
looks like and is doing an impression of Tom Cruise, like okay. young Tom Cruise, like young, hot Tom Cruise. And when you say doing impression, you mean that the actor is clearly pulling inspiration from a yes. Tom Cruise performance. That's not part of the it's plot. It's not part of the plot. It's just that like you he's can't. He's not in his underwear sliding around the floor. No, but I mean, that's clearly what he's thinking about. <laughs> okay, we'll pick it up here. The car is driving through the countryside. The woman's giving the young man a look. A little come hither kind of look. Now they see another car coming up ahead. She pulls the lever that allows her to lower his seat so he's not visible to the next driver. As she, she, uh, so she pulls up to another car now, and she, with an older gentleman behind the wheel of his car. She's made the young man disappear by pushing his seat back, and now she's sort of like looking through the passenger side window, kind of giving a nod to this older fella in the other car. She holds up some dry cleaning, and so we realize they are married. Her husband drives off, and she re-raises the seat so Tom Cruise sits back up. Oh, ho, 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 ho. Then, then suddenly we see a hand pull another lever, and another seat pops up, and this time we're in the fella's car, the husband's in the car. husband's car, and who pops up next to him but a sexy young man wearing a cowboy yes. hat. So apparently the husband's, the having husband's a, been having an affair as well. A sexy cowboy affair. Look at that. So yeah, so this ad, I think it was a, it was created by Leo Burnett, uh, who's a pretty pretty famous ad maker. It was released in Sweden in 1999, and there's no words to it, so it really has international appeal. Um, and it was it really was kind of one of the first. I don't know if it was one of the first, but it did really go viral um, back then. Mm-hmm. And this was from the SF Gate in uh, in 2001. It was voted the gayest commercial of all time uh, by visitors to PlanetOut.com and Gay.com. So <laughs> uh, it was very gay. And just to be clear, not to um, I think you just misspoke. It was created by the Leo Burnett Company, not by Leo Burnett himself. It's, I mean, it's being it. All the things I've seen just say Leo Burnett. So I don't know if that's like. I think that's the ad agency because yeah. Leo Burnett himself died in '91. I think so. Oh, um, then his company. Yeah, yeah. so that's the everything Leo was Burnett just identified company. as Leo Burnett. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that is, yeah, that is, uh, that is very saucy. Yeah, it's pretty and, saucy. And if it was that, you know, that long ago, like our. And if that's 2001, I, I was just thinking I was watching. Um, I mentioned this on TBTL the other day. I was watching um, that silly reality show that you and I were into back in 2003 called um, I'm with Busey. Right. And the oh, conce- God, you're so obsessed with this. Yeah. Well, I, I only watched it. You know, I watched half an episode a, a week ago. But I thought it was interesting because I haven't gone back to watch a lot of media from that particular era, 2003. Yeah. And I kind of was not really. I mean, I know I'm not the most plugged in person in the world anyway, but like I didn't I think that was the era when I didn't have a TV. So right. That's why I was recording watched, it for you. Yeah. And so, oh, that's right. For sure. Because you were in Boston. I was in New Hampshire. You had cable with your roommates. And on Comedy Central, you would tape this thing called I'm with Busey. I thought it was funny and campy. You would tape it on VHS. I would come visit you in Boston and, and we'd watch it together. Um, and. So, you know, that's that specific time. I have a soft feeling for it. And so I would go back and I, I'm watching the first episode. And again, this is 2003. And the level of gay panic is so off-putting. Yeah. You know, there's like some scene where Busey is dressing up like a woman because the whole thing, the point of this episode is to... Um, to help his friend understand women or something. It's just it's just over the top. And honestly, for not that I'm the judge of these things or should be, um, but 
I don't think that Busey dressing up in drag is actually the problem in this episode. He's actually quite comfortable doing it. And the joke is like, you know, if this is whole like two men learning about how to be a woman and one of them says, well, I'm going to dress up like a woman. It's like kind of, you know, it's a surprising comedic turn. But the uncomfortableness of the of his comedian buddy, whose name I'm blanking on right now, Aaron something, um, is like they're in a mall talking about it. And Busey has not put on a dress yet at this point. But Busey keeps saying like, uh, you know, I'm not gay. I'm not gay. And, and the kid's like, stop saying that. You keep saying that. You're saying it loud. The more you say it, the more people are going to think you're gay. I'm like, really? I, I kind of forgot that we were still like, yeah, what was the era? in 2003, you can't be gay in a mall? It was the era of Friends, you know, and that yeah. show was like so gay panicked. Um, I wonder if Gary Busey in drag was a sort of a reference to his Under Siege performance. Oh, that's right. Because he, he does a big drag performance. That's in that right. One. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I can't, I can't remember exactly the tone of how that movie handles it either. I mean, I mean, nothing, know. nothing about that movie is what you would describe as progressive. But I don't recall <laughs> the drag being played specifically in an ugly way. What if I find an article from Slate that argues that Under Siege is actually the most woke movie ever made? I would love, yeah. If anyone, <laughs> if anyone would have that take, it would be Slate. Everybody's talking at me. I don't hear words they're saying. Only the echoes of my mind. I'll make this part quick, Genevieve. Um... But I mentioned at the top of the show that the new progressive commercial makes a joke about people, maybe people who are starting to act like their parents, clapping at the end of a movie they really liked in the theater. And Dr. Rick reaches over and says, nobody who is associated with this movie is in this room. It is a good it's a good joke. And I always I always get really uncomfortable when people clap at the end of movies, too. We were talking last week about how my experience with that seems to be different. Like, I think of people doing that when they're at film festivals or whatever. And I know a film festival, the creators could actually be there. But it's not that it's more of this kind of pretentious, like, we just watched a film yeah. at the Brattle or whatever. And then people <laughs> are just so moved at the end that they right. applaud, you know. Um, and you mentioned this is a also- true achievement. Yes, it's a true achievement. And then you mentioned that there's also the flip side of like a really good like, like a crowd pleaser. Crowd pleaser. The yeah. crowd might just be pumped at the end and just like clapping for the Iron Man or whatever. Um, it's just Iron Man. There's not more than one Iron Man. No. There's somebody else in an Iron Man suit. Yeah, there's Iron Patriot. Yeah, those. those so those War are machine. two Iron Men. War Machine, I guess, is what his name is. They are not both Iron Men. There's I only would claim Iron Man. There are more than one. That's why Robert Downey Jr. doesn't say "We are Iron Men" famously. <laughs> no, he says it. There's that Black Sabbath song. <laughs> we are <laughs> Iron, Iron Men. Men. <laughs> 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 oh, we have fun. Anyway, I also am uncomfortable with people clapping at the end of movies. But uh, listener Andrew posted I'm not on uncomfortable the face- with it. Just makes me roll my eyes. Yeah, it makes me roll my eyes. I think I might. Well, I feel un- I feel discomfort in ways others don't how can you tell if that's what's making you uncomfortable (laughs) you're right might have just been the cheese i saw on the screen anyway (laughs) andrew said i never understand the hate that people have for applauding during a movie yeah i know that the filmmakers aren't going to hear me but neither is whatever sports team you're watching and that is true like when i'm in my living room watching a football game or a baseball game and pumping my fist and yelling or whatever I'm doing, whatever, yeah. whatever bullshit, brosive shit I'm doing. Yeah. Um, 
why am I doing that? I'm not doing it to root on the team. I'm doing it because I am filled with an emotion in that moment. Okay. And that is how these people are feeling at the end of a movie. They're filled with an emotion and they want to they want to um they want to express it somehow. Why do I feel like it's weirder or it's somehow more I don't know, dopey <laughs> to clap at the end of a movie? Because I don't wait at the end of a football game in my living room. Yeah. I do not clap, right? I might, yeah, that's I might true. hoot and holler right. and do like a, if something yeah. good happens. Because you can't control your emotions. Because I can't control my emotions. It's like coming out of me in like a yeah. physical way. And in the same by the same token, I laugh during a movie. Yeah, that's true. You know, or, I express or myself verbally or you know, clench emotionally. Clench up during scary yeah, scenes. I, I I'll might, yelp. I'll yelp. I yep. might even hide my eyes. That's true. Scary, scary that's is a good, really good point. Oh. So I think that... I think it's the specific of like the movie is over and it's people clapping in the same way. By the way, the pilots on a plane are there. And I think it's dopey to clap at the end of a flight. People do that. Oh, yeah. I've never been on a flight. I mean, sometimes oh, don't if it's, do that. Sometimes if it's like a bumpy landing, I kind of mm-hmm. I don't I won't partake, yeah. but I like I sort of get it. But I've been on lots of flights where people clapped. I always think that the entire flight crew, like whoever's up, up at the front of the plane when I get off and, I, and I'm sincere about it. I yeah, appreciate so it's good them to getting thank me people, but, but safely. That's, yeah, that's but I don't want to saying applaud. like not yeah. all expressions of physical uh, excitement or emotion are are created equal or they don't always mm-hmm. mean the same thing. Yeah, like when uh, we were saying at the end of that one Marvel movie, the penultimate Marvel movie, which you said that's the name of it? The penultimate game. <laughs> the yes. penultimate game. Like, it ended in such a shocking way that the audience was quiet and then somebody in our theater went, <laughs> man! And then every- <laughs> What happened, or something, and everybody started like roaring. Like that was all legitimate yeah. emotion coming just out, br- like breaking the tension. As and, opposed yeah. to, and again, more in my experience, it's kind of like I've, as if you're at a play. Yeah, and I've just seen a dainty little picture. And don't get me wrong, I love dainty little pictures. I'm not above it, but you know, you're at you're you're, and I also love the types of theater that these things are, are uh, that where they're screened but um yeah you're right there's something almost like kind of pretentious about you're there and then it, it's over and then you all just right just like politely it feels a- like who are you applauding for so that the people next to you know that you're cultured yeah that's interesting um but anyway, anyway it's an interesting point i mean i i think it's worth it's uh, obviously a worth worth discussing um so we can probably skip this next piece of feedback nope. here and then um go right into jingle time i'm not I would skipping imagine. this okay i you said when we were watching that ring pop commercial last week you just sort of casually said, and then there's, there's all these little kids sitting in the movie theater, yeah. and then another there kid. No, there's nobody in this theater over the age of like nine or ten or something, except for this older this kid, other person who comes in and kind of like gets in their way, and anyone who doesn't have their candy bodily attached to them mm-hmm. loses it because this guy is such a such an oaf. He's a big oaf doofus. He's guy. a doofusy guy, and I was like, are you? Like, are you honestly like, are you having some sort of like aphasia that you think that this guy is a 14 year old kid because he's a full grown adult? Not the actor, but I think that he's playing a big doofusy kid. No, he's playing a big doofusy adult. Everyone agrees with me. Maggie says 30. Tracy, he looks like a stocky Paul McCartney. Who was also once 14. (laughs) What's your point? I don't think she means 14-year-old Paul McCartney. Really? Julie, dude is not 14. Definitely somewhere between 20 and 30. 
Bill, bulgy eyes suggest hyperthyroidism. Mm, to the side. I don't, I don't know if that's relevant, but he did say that. Uh, Megan, this guy may not have seen 30, but he is for sure old enough to drink. A soda. And then different Julie, definitely not a teenager. He's playing a teenager. You, Andrew, come on. Hi, this is Jazz. I'm going from Seattle. And I wanted to share a jingle with you. I'm, I'm sure you've heard it many, many times before, but it uh, has stuck to my brain. Here we go. Tresemme, ooh la la. Tresemme, tresemme, ooh la la. That's it. I remember that one very fondly. I don't remember from the TV, but I feel like maybe you've played that for me on this show before. Maybe. I remember it pretty pretty fondly. Yeah. Really? I wonder if there's a chance that that's um, a regional thing, too. No? Because Tresemme mean, is a... Is it I a, wonder if it's a if it's a type of media that we watched that was different. Because, because it was certainly aimed at women. Tresemme is... It, uh, is it a hair product? Yes. Or, oh, like okay. A, it's, a, it's a suite of hair products. Oh, okay. Here, I think I found the... This is from 1997. Does a French woman ever have a bad hair day? Some shampoos seem to wear out after a while. Not new Tresemme changes. A special combination of cleansers adjusts each time you shampoo. So your hair may never get tired of Tresemme changes. And every day is a good hair day. I forgot about this trope, and maybe I just forgot about it because I haven't seen these commercial, these types of commercials in a while. Maybe they're still doing it, but the male hairdresser yes. who's dressed in all black, who's starting standing with a turtleneck, over her shoulder, standing over her shoulder, like feeling her, her hair. hair. Yes. yes, but always a black turtleneck. We could right? do a whole show with just those. Oh my That'd God. be amazing. We should put together that a super would be cut of really them. Really good. I'd also just be interested in maybe just doing commercials where people are wearing black turtlenecks. Yeah. Okay. Maybe not just even the hair stuff. Just like black. Hey, listeners. <laughs> Hey, ad counselors! If you see a commercial where somebody's wearing a black turtleneck, send it to me. Yeah, send we might it in. we might use it someday. Hi, uh, <laughs> this is Jolene in Portland. Just gonna try busting out this jingle that I remembered from my childhood when I was back in Michigan. So here goes: Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry. It's the easy way. Okay, bye. <laughs> <laughs> now, I dig it. You have not heard this before, Genevieve, because you did not grow up in Mackinac Island, or as Luke and I like to call it, Mackinac Island. I know. The spelling is confusing. Um, I actually recently watched a show called Station Eleven, uh, which takes place in Michigan. Yeah. And there's a line in it, kind of a throwaway line. or It's not really a throwaway, actually. It's kind of an important plot point that a character is not who he says he claim, who's not who he claims to be. And one of the other characters kind of calls him out on it because he refers to it as Mackinac Island. Oh, really? And she says it's Mackinac, which anyone who was from there would really know. Yeah, I've been hearing, We, you know, some listeners were frustrated that we didn't know it was Mackinac. And the, Luke was, we don't have to relitigate it here, but Luke was like kind of put off too because he's like, but Mackinac peaches are spelled Mackinac with oh, a W right? at the end. And then I got an email or a voicemail from somebody who said, you know, 
it's also confusing because it's like Mackinac Island is spelled Mackinac, but it's in Mackinac County or something. I think I might be slightly wrong. Save your emails. Don't care. But it's like there's another geographical place attached to it that is like pronounced Yakima the same and way. Yakima. Um, but uh, but it's spelled with a W pronounced exactly yeah. alike. So it's confusing. And, you know, a lot of people have been like, hey, listen, this is one of those local things yeah. where people know and they can always tell if you're an outsider. Of if you course. Call it yeah, it's absolutely it's a litmus test. Um, so anyway, I really like that song from Jolene, and I can tell that Shepler's. I went on a kind of a deep dive of mm-hmm. Shepler's fairies um, because they're. It looks like it's a real kind of local tradition um, that they they've really built this sort of empire of being the fairy service that everybody is, and like they, they're uh-huh. all their commercials are all about like their incredibly good service and like you know we take care of. I think you'll see this in the commercial that we're about to play here. We take care of you long before and after you get on the boat, basically. Oh, it's like okay. kind of a, a real a real local tradition. It's funny, like, so is this more of, is this a, well, I guess you don't know, so maybe I shouldn't ask, but it's like, I think of fairies here in Washington State as being like Run pub- by the state. public transportation, yeah. whereas I wonder if this is more of a, less of a transportation and more of a, um, more of a tourism attraction? I think it is the ferry to Mackinac Island, Okay, but I do think it's privately run. And they maybe make it feel a little bit more mm-hmm. like a tourist attraction. But anyway, I couldn't find one that had the exact lyric that Jolene sang, but it's clearly like this from the same era and, and similar tune. Every 15 minutes. That's how often Shepler's ferries leave for Mackinac Island. We extend our service way beyond the boats. We handle any size group, be it a group of 10 or a group of 900. We handle them all with the Shepler tender loving care. We hope everybody comes up and sees us this summer. Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry in Mackinac City and St. Ignace. 42 years of fast, friendly family service. Shepler's Mackinac Island Ferry. Wow, those things are really speeding across yes, the water. These are there. some high speed ferries. These are not your your Washington State ferries, which like lumber across right. the, the bay. Yeah, I, my only concern is I was I have a I have a, a group of nine people, <laughs> and they can only service ten to nine hundred groups of ten to nine hundred. So I don't know exactly what I'm going to do there. Maybe did I, he not say nine to nine hundred? No, I'm pretty sure he said whether your group is from ten people or nine hundred people. I'm like, oh, I'm wow. just. Uh, I mean, if you if you got a group of nine or nine hundred and one, get out of here. <laughs> Look for a different fairy, for God's sake. That, that reminds me of an ad that I've been seeing a lot on the bus lately, which is for UW Medicine, and it says something like, "From ages, whether you're, it was like whether you're age eight or, or it's like whether you're age two or age eighty-seven, and I was like, what a bizarre yeah. spread to pick." Because it really makes you feel like if you're on either side of those admittedly far apart numbers, yeah. you're sort of out of luck. I know they're trying. But there are 88 year olds who are needing medical care. Yeah, and there exactly. are one year olds who are needing medical Forget care. Forget about it. If you're 88, you got to find a different fairy I, I and don't to, go to the UW Medicine. I would love to talk to the person at UW Medicine, and I probably have talked to the person mm-hmm. at UW Medicine who's responsible for that slogan, and I just. It's baffling to me. See, if I were in charge of that campaign, I'd be like, UW Medicine. Fun for all ages. Fun for all ages. There you go. <laughs> if you want to leave us a voicemail, you can sing a jingle, but you can also just weigh in on anything we talked about on the show. We love hearing your voice, your opinions. Um, you know, we want to save any reactions to my diatribe before about 
Okay. Children. Got any uh, thoughts about our, our parenting yeah. <laughs> uh, hot takes? Please uh, send them to someone else. 607-444-5597. Again, the phone number for after these messages is 607-444-5597. You can visit us uh, on Facebook. You can hang out at the Facebook group. Uh, come and see the show pick. You can see this girl make a funny face. <laughs> Uh, or you can email us at after these messages show at gmail. We'll talk to you guys next week. They all spies and I'm Pisces rising. And you ain't Hoover, you suck like James Dyson.